Well, Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. It is great to be together uh, here tonight at this 11 p.m. service. There's something about this service, this time, that uh, really does draw us together, that puts a good focus on the very things that we're doing. We, uh, we seek tonight to uh, be riveted upon the great good news that is uh, Christ being born into the life of the world. And I'm glad we're here to worship our Savior, to know of Christ, and to uh, be open to the extent that Christ is born anew in us. I ran across uh, a humorous uh, deal called a protocol for the nativity uh, during a pandemic. These are indeed unusual times in which we uh, live. We are living with those uh, day in and day out in all sorts of varied ways. Uh, we're all adjusting and we'll continue to adjust even as we make our way into the new year. But little did I know that there was this protocol for the nativity during a pandemic. Six or seven points, let's, uh, let's hear those as we get started. One, there'll be a maximum of four shepherds and only four. Everyone is required to wear a mask and to social distance, is anybody surprised? Joseph, Mary, and the baby Jesus will be able to stay together and form a family bubble, and so they should. The donkey and the ox will have to obtain a declaration of non-contamination certified by the Department of Agriculture. Good luck with that, huh? <laughs> Since they come from afar, the three wise men will be subject to a 14-day quarantine. Is anybody surprised? All straw must be disinfected with an approved sanitizer. Not a sanitizer, not just any sanitizer, but an approved sanitizer. The angels not allowed to fly overhead uh, due to the aerosol effect uh, caused by the flapping of the wings. And in the same vein, the heavenly host is not allowed to sing because of that same aerosol effect. And finally, no shepherd shall be more than 65 years old and be vulnerable in, uh, in any category. Well, such are the times in which we live. Enough of that. Let's get to this evening's scripture. It is from uh, Isaiah 7, verses 10 through 16. And as you know, we have spent uh, all of Advent leading up to this great night uh, sharing about the signs that were prophesied uh, by Isaiah some many, many centuries ago. And so let's hear tonight what the prophet has to say about the coming Messiah. And again, we read from Isaiah 7, verses 10 through 16. Let's hear this from God's Word. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, asked the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, I will not put the Lord to the test. And then Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David, is it not enough to try the patience of humans? Will you try the patience of God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive 
and give birth to a son. And he will be called Emmanuel. He will be eating curds and honey when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. But for before the boy knows enough to reject the, the wrong and choose the right, the land of the two kings you dread will be laid to waste. And again, that uh, seminal passage upon which we focus tonight, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and he will be called Emmanuel. So this is God's word. May it be a deep and abiding blessing to each of us, not only as we hear this word read, but as we make effort now to take our lives and apply them to this word. May God bless us all. A woman had uh, waited until the last minute to send her Christmas cards. You know, this Christmas season is, uh, is a lot of waiting to the very last minute. It may be that you uh, even hit uh, some of the stores today to do some last-minute shopping. I know that, that I did that. I left in a panic, came back uh, rather peaceful. I need you to know. This woman uh, who had waited to the last minute in regard to her cards rushed into the store, bought a package of, of 50 cards without really looking at them. So in a big hurry, she addressed 49 of the 50 without reading the message on the inside. On Christmas Day, when things were a little less hurried, she happened upon that last card and read it. Here's what the inside said. This little card is just to say a little gift is on the way. And suddenly this woman realized that 49 of her friends were now expecting a gift from her that would never come. Well, the message of this night is that a little gift is on the way for which every one of us need to celebrate, every one of us need to be thankful. The signs of Christmas are all around us, by the time we make our way to the very 11th hour of Christmas Eve, we're very much aware of those signs. The streets are adorned with lights. Our homes are decorated to the hilt. Our gifts have been wrapped or nearly wrapped. There are usually a few gifts to be wrapped early on Christmas morning. We wait now in anticipation of the great day that is to come. And in fact, here again at this 11th hour, we know that that day is right upon us. For centuries, persons waited in all sorts of anticipation. They waited for a sign that would signal a, a brand new day, a sign that would signal a brand new kingdom, a kingdom where God would act and the world would, would respond and become different. During the 8th century, B.C., the very uh, time when the prophet Isaiah spoke, he and, and, and wrote, uh, he, he spoke of a sign, a sign that would, would usher in this brand new day, a sign that would usher in this brand new kingdom. Isaiah spoke of a child who would be born to a virgin, whose name would be Emmanuel, which as we know means God with us 
Think of that. The name of Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. And indeed, God is with us in Christ. And we know that deeply, even as we come together to worship here this evening. Centuries later, after Isaiah had stated these prophecies, God saw fit to fulfill them. Matthew references uh, that very prophecy uh, in, in uh, offering his account of, of Christ's birth. He, he writes in, in Matthew 1, verses 22 and 23, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, again, God with us. Luke um, has an angel uh, delivering the news, reaching out to the, to the shepherds as if to, to speak to, to our lives that this message is for, for all people of, of any station. Ashley read just a, a few moments ago from, from Luke, and let's, let's hear it again. So in speaking to this group of, of shepherds, we, we know that the glory of the Lord shone around them in all its brilliance. And the angel said, do not be afraid. Isn't that a good word for the season in which we, we live? Isn't that a word that every Christmas just sort of washes over us and, and gives us peace? But even still, certainly in the times in which we live, to hear, do not be afraid. We are consoled at peace and emboldened to move forward, to face whatever it is that's ahead. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born, and He is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you, you will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. And so we hear of this sign, this great good news, that unto us a Savior has been born. And upon hearing this news, the, 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 the shepherds uh, uh, go and they, they, they see and they, they also get caught up in this, this singing of the heavenly host, the angel and the chorus of of angels offering their song upon the birth of Christ, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those upon whom God favor rests. May we be well assured that that favor rests upon us and that we may know of his certain peace for our lives. Glory to God in the highest. The signs of God were all around his glory shone brightly. The angels' news was good. The heavenly host's song was, well, it, it was heavenly. The most important sign, though, among all that were, were there the night Christ was born was the very one that laid there in that manger. All the trappings of a centuries-old prophecy, the brightness of of God's glory, the, the angel's pronouncement, the, the singing of the heavenly host couldn't come close to trumping the glorious sign of that baby that laid there 
in that manger. Amid all the signs that are around us, all the signs that come to us in, in this season of the year, it is the consideration of God's Son that puts us right where we need to be. It is where we need to be tonight, and it is the very thing that we do. We come together to focus deeply, to focus faithfully upon the great thing that God has done. Think of it. God has intersected life in a most profound way. His Son is born, and through Him we are able to share in abundant life now in the hope of eternal life later on. Each Christmas, I'm left to ponder what the shepherds did in response to what they had witnessed. Sure, they had witnessed the very glory of God shining around them. They had heard very clearly from the, the angel. But it was what the shepherds witnessed there in that manger that uh, really became significant for their life, notwithstanding the, the life of the, for the life of the world for all time. The Scripture says that the, that the, the shepherds went to, to see. Sure, they went to see but they also went and they, they experienced very deeply the very thing that God was doing. So the shepherds went to see and then left to tell. Now hear that, because it's a sort of rhythm that goes on for you and me in a, in a, in a service like this where we put our focus on what God has done. We come to see. We come to experience. And as we see and experience the great thing that God has done, we then go to tell. The Scripture says that the shepherds left glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which was just as they had been told them by the angel. The shepherds went to see, and they left to tell. The shepherds knew that they had been in the presence of, of someone very special. And quite honestly, they just couldn't contain themselves. They left that humble stable to tell everybody that they met about the things that had gone on there in, in Bethlehem. I pray that, that you too see the signs of Christ all around you and that you experience those signs to the full, and that upon experiencing those signs, particularly the, the greatest sign of all of Christ being born in the life of the world, that you return to your everyday life glorifying and praising God for the great thing that he has done in his Son, Jesus Christ. We talked earlier in Advent, if you remember, about the conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn. On, uh, on Monday, people gathered outside their homes right at dusk to see what has been dubbed the Christmas star. I was leaving church on uh, Monday evening when I noticed a guy out in our parking lot. He was, just, he was stationed just, just back here to the, to the rear of the sanctuary. 
and noticed a guy in a parking lot. He had a telescope set up, and it wasn't just some small deal. It was, it was the real deal. He had it set up as well as a whole bank of cameras. I knew what this fellow was doing, but I stopped anyway to, to just touch base with him, to inquire, to talk with him a little bit further. I found out that he was from Michigan, that he had been driving all day, and he was just looking for some clear skies. I don't know how he ended up in our parking lot, save for the long providential arm of the Lord. Interestingly, this, this fellow wanted to capture the conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter right over our steeple, right above us. Just yesterday, he, uh, he sent me the, the photos of what he had uh, taken on Monday night to, uh, to look at just this one. It's, uh, it's simply wonderful. It's, it's a, it has with it the sort of uh, brightness, uh, the, the sort of hope. Uh, look at the cross just right in the, the center of what's going on. It enthuses us this season of the year. So Monday was quite a night. I witnessed the conjunction of, uh, of Saturn and Jupiter with our next-door neighbors. At the end of our circle, we climbed a pretty steep hill, and we looked out on a farm field. We, we had a front-row seat for what was going on, and every one of us was inspired. I recall that night, that great passage from Psalm 19, where it says, The heavens declare the glory of God the skies, the work of his hands. I also recall the, the star that guided the wise men, even though the wise men uh, visited Christ sometime after uh, his birth. But I recall that star and how, how formative it was in guiding and leading those, those magi. And above all things, there on Monday night, as I... Uh, looked out on that Christmas star, if you will, I reflected on the night Jesus was born and the great thing that God had done in sending His Son. I was awestruck on Monday, and I've got to tell you, I am awestruck tonight as we consider the great thing that God has done and seeing fit to send his son into the life of the world. And he sends his son in this special way. His son is born in humble means. That son would, would grow, would live, would die, would rise again. We call him Jesus. We call him our Savior. We call him our Lord. I'm awestruck tonight the fact that God saw fit to bend our way and send Jesus. Glory to God in the highest and on peace and peace to those upon whom God's favor rests. Glory to God in the highest. May God bless us all.